Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo. And we on this show talk with women and a few guys, all entrepreneurs, change makers, artists, and healers, getting an inside look on how they put their dreams into action. And today I have on my show as a guest, Dr. Lauren Brown. Welcome. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm really excited. So Thanks. you work out of Concord, Massachusetts. That's right. And your specialty is perinatal psychology, psychology or mental health. Yep. Now, I realized when I saw the word perinatal that even though I'm a mother myself, and I hear the word all the time, I really didn't know what it meant. Can yeah. you describe it or give and a I, definition? Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that because I don't think everyone is familiar with the word. Um, so when I say I'm a perinatal um, psychologist, it means that my work is in providing counseling and support to women and their partners during the childbearing years. So I'll give you an example. Um, my work can be doing individual therapy with a pregnant or new mom who's experiencing um, anxiety or depression. It could also be doing couples therapy with um, two individuals who have experienced infertility or pregnancy loss. So it really is the whole range um, before baby and after. Mm-hmm, okay, so now is this a, a subject field in school or did you like, Yes? Is that the answer? No, the, no, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> so, because I was thinking, no, gosh, because when people have, let's say, infertility issues, I mean, yes, postpartum depression, mm -hmm. um, I haven't really heard of any places for people go for grief if they've lost their child mm -hmm. or lost their child from um, miscarriage early on even or fertility issues. I, I haven't, like, where did you come up with that? How did, <laughs> how that, how'd you, how'd you create that field? Yeah, well, I certainly didn't come up with it or, or create it, but you're right in that you haven't heard a lot about it because there's not a lot um, going on um, as far as um, providing lots of support for this really vulnerable population. Um, and there certainly needs to be because there's a ton of work, right? You just mentioned all the different things that someone could experience that can cause them stress, um, grief, trauma, depression, or anxiety. Um, so. I mean, a little bit about me and how I got into it is I've been doing work with supporting women, specifically um, providing trauma support for many years. In fact, I was previously involved in corrections and working with female inmates, um, doing trauma work and the like. Um, I had my own child, and when I started my family, my eyes were really open to how difficult the postpartum period was and how scarce the resources were for new moms who were struggling. And so I left corrections, even though I love the work, and decided to open up my own practice, providing support for women and their partners who are dealing with just that. Wow. That's wonderful. So what did you feel that you were able to bring from your previous work in corrections and apply it to this new demographic? That's a great question because oftentimes people say corrections um, to this, um, how different. And sure, um, the environment's certainly different, um, but I'll have to tell you that um, women and moms in particular are the same everywhere, right? So moms struggle um, whether they're being separated from their babies because they're incarcerated or they have their babies but they're experiencing you know, postpartum depression or having intrusive thoughts or having a difficult time bonding with baby. These are universal experiences. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you started this new um, pathway in your work after you had a child yourself. Mm-hmm. So did you, like, what did you, what was it that you were experiencing in particular? And did you, were you able to find resources for what you were wanting support on? Or did you have to kind of do it all with your self-help, with all the knowledge that you have as a trained psychologist? Well, I would say as far as coping with stress during the postpartum period, which is there, there's certainly a ton of, um, what I did is reach out to, I made community when there wasn't a ton of it for myself. And so what I did was actually initiate a working moms group for after I went back to, to work. And that was ex- extremely helpful in helping me cope with having new baby and um, also having to balance uh, work life. Mm. So that kind of, for me, when you mentioned earlier in the corrections about women maybe being separated from their children, Mm -hmm. a working woman is also separated in the same way it brings up a lot of... There you go. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. It can be really difficult. Yeah. So when you work with people, is it um, usually, is it like a single session? Do you work with people long term or like what's... What's the usual? Yeah, what's the usual? So like, I would say people... there probably is no usual. Uh-huh. Um, so typically, I tend to do longer term work. Um, that's more of my style. Um, and the work I do is very relationship based. That being said, someone might come in um, with maybe uh, not very complex issue and need help with one specific isolated um, thing. and. You know, therapy might only be a few weeks um, until they meet their goals. Mm -hmm. So it's really different for everyone, but I really believe that tailoring therapy to the individual is going to be the most important piece as far as um, uh, getting better. Mm -hmm. And do you find that most of the people who you see tend to be in one part of the perinatal spectrum than the other? Like, Mm. that's a good question. Like, how would you? How do you view the need across that? Yeah, I'm trying to think about who typically um, contacts me for help and who presents for help. I would say um, the clients I see now, my caseload is pretty much split between um, postpartum issues and pregnancy issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So pregnancy issues being um, pregnancy after a major loss Mm. or pregnancy after infertility and postpartum issues being mostly um, postpartum depression and or anxiety. Mm-hmm. So the let's say if someone comes in because they had a miscarriage or they have infertility for a while, mm-hmm. then they are maybe have some anxiety about not being able to keep the baby or, mm-hmm. okay, so that's what that yeah. means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's spot on and that's certainly that's not the only reason, but absolutely, because you have to consider the effect of trauma there. now. Is a pregnancy loss traumatic for everyone? You know, that, that certainly can be argued. Is everyone gonna uh, demonstrate trauma symptoms because of it? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, absolutely coming in and having uh, fears and concerns about not being able to conceive or um, keep the baby full term, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because I still, I'm thinking most people would just go to the doctor, mm-hmm. the medical doctor. Yep as opposed to a 
someone who's going to help them with the yeah. mental health side of it? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's still, unfortunately, a lot of shame and stigma around reaching out for help um, during this time, right? Because when someone is pregnant and they're not feeling good about it, um, that's not really looked upon nicely. Um, people might say to you, hey, cheer up. You're going to have a baby. Mm. Babies are the best thing in the world. Same thing in the postpartum period. So they have their baby, and if mom's not happy, um, oftentimes it's not acceptable to say, I'm not happy, mm. for fear that it might look a certain way, um, they might be judged. And in worst case scenario, if they're having thoughts about harming themselves or harming their children, they fear um, getting the child taken away from them. Right. So they don't say anything at all they don't get help and they suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it has to be. Mm -hmm. And also that has negative consequences as well. Uh, on the whole family yeah, and on the, on the child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So how do you get the word out? Backtrack. Because getting the word out, I'm thinking, reminds me of marketing. Okay. <laughs> and one of the things that I'm curious about is I have this sense that you think of yourself as an entrepreneur. Yes. And I don't think that I have really been aware of professionals in this area thinking of themselves as entrepreneurs. Can you? Yeah. How did that happen? So this is actually a new word for me too. Uh -huh. um, so obviously my training is in clinical psychology. And frankly, I never thought I'd be anything but a clinical psychologist my whole life until I opened my own practice. Opening your practice is owning a business. So I found that not only am I a small business owner now, but I'm, I've also become a community organizer. And so a moment ago you asked kind of how do you get the word out? Um, that's actually a great question um, because there's two pieces there. It's, well, how do I get the word out about what I'm doing and how I can help? And that's the marketing piece. Um, but there's also, how do you get the word out um, in the community about postpartum depression and do education and getting other clinicians, specifically the OBGYNs and the pediatricians, screening pregnant and new moms for these um, disorders and mental health complications so that they can then refer to the providers that are there because we are there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, so it's this two-pronged approach. Yes. Yes. So do you find yourself doing, like what kind of outreach do you do? Well, I do a lot of networking with other providers coming together so we can have a bigger voice and say, okay, where can we go talk? Um, what hospital can we go to? What agency can we go to to say, hey, are you screening? This stuff's really important. And if you're not screening because you don't know where to refer to people, if people end up screening positive for you know, PPD or postpartum anxiety, letting them know we're here. And so if you do find someone, you can send them over to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how is how are they receptive to that, or like what's the general you know view? I think it's getting better, and certainly more medical providers are understanding that it is a huge issue. You know, it's estimated between one in five to one to seven new moms experience um, postpartum mental health complications. Mm. Okay, so it is actually the um, most common complication of pregnancy, of uh, sorry, childbirth. So I don't think people really realize that. And now that they're realizing that more, people are more receptive, but there's still this idea of it's not my job. Um, it's my job to take care of the medical stuff and, and this isn't medical. Um, but certainly if you take a more holistic approach, we know that stress and mental health issues can become medical issues. Mm -hmm. They do affect the person. 
and they also affect the child mm -hmm. and the entire family. Mm -hmm. So it, it becomes everyone's problem. So I think everyone should be interested in um, helping to screen and refer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what frustrates you most in your industry? Well, I, I think I would say that, um, that there seems to be um, silos and I feel that... What's um, a silo? So I think that, um, you know, like the medical community, the mental health community sometimes operate not together, um, separately. Um, but when we find that when we come together, our work can really influence the other and really help the patient. And that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and what do you love most about the work that you're doing? Well, I love my job. <laughs> I love my job. I feel like I'm doing the best thing ever. Um, I've always loved my job because I've always loved working with women, women who need support and need help. But now I get to do something that's near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'm in a great place. Yeah. What yeah. fires you up the most? <laughs> what fires me up the most is that postpartum and prenatal issues don't have to they, they're temporary, or they can be temporary, but if they don't get addressed, they can end up causing a woman and her family years and years of distress that isn't necessary. So it's preventable, and it's treatable. And I think that's so important. Wow. That's great. Yeah. It's a great vision. I mean, I'm thinking even <laughs> myself of, you know, wanting to get the word out that yeah. this doesn't have to be this way. There are yeah. people out there that you can get help from and and not carry on, as you say, distress for yes. years to come. Yes. yes. Another thing that I'd like to educate people on is when I use the word perinatal um, or postpartum, postpartum just doesn't mean, oh, I had a baby a few months ago. So if postpartum issues aren't resolved, someone could be experiencing postpartum issues years later, mm. right? So if you have a six or an eight-year-old, and you've been experiencing, you know, this, these profound feelings of helplessness or intrusive thoughts since, you know, your baby was born. Child, you know, a kid now. You're not going to be thinking this is postpartum, mm -hmm. but it's so important to go back and address those things. So, would you say that many parental issues are hmm. fall in this category? That's a good question. Do many parental issues? Um, I would say probably more than we think. I can't say how much, um, but probably more than we think, and it's something to pay more attention to for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm thinking for myself, yeah. you know, that as a parent, I tended to automatically like have certain things come out of me that were kind of what, that I didn't like as a child, but I carried them forward, mm. you know, like. My mother used to say, what's the matter with you when she would get angry at somebody? Mm -hmm. And I would find that would be the first thought in my head. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I guess that's not quite with, I never found myself doing that until I had a child. Mm -hmm. And I actually managed never to say that. <laughs> Good for you. And if you did, that'd be okay too, right? I managed never <laughs> to say it. It always kind of like went through like this, yeah. Uh, train in my brain and then it came out on the other side is let's let's crayon on some let's find some paper for you to crayon on instead of the sure. wall or <laughs> sure. 
So you definitely had, you know, a more adaptive response. Yeah. But, you know, even if you said that a few times, I think the takeaway or what I want the takeaway to be is compassion for yourself. Mm. Okay. Because especially with all the books and all the ways moms are supposed to be parenting or what they're supposed to be doing, what I end up seeing is extreme anxiety um, from pregnant and new moms who are like, I've read a ton of books. I don't know what to do. I'm going to do this wrong. I'm bad. I'm a bad mom. Um, really, really distressing mm, stuff. Yeah. So we want to talk about kind of, um, you know, meeting ourselves where we're at, mm -hmm. um, knowing that being a good enough parent is just that. It's being good enough. Mm -hmm. um, that's all our child really needs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're not always going to say the right thing. I myself certainly have said things I wish I hadn't said. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's about uh, loving ourselves and accepting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make healthy baby. Yeah. A healthy individual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. So what were some of the bumps in the road for you, building your practice, building your business, mm -hmm. you know, that do you think may be common or uncommon to other practitioners? Well, I would say just, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and opening my own business, um, you know, is certainly a new skill set um, that I never really needed to use prior. Um, so just learning the ins, of, uh, ins and outs of what it is to run a business, um, how to market myself, um, how to network, how to get myself out there. That's all been um, a learning curve for sure. And how did you figure it out? Well, you know, it's funny when I, when I started my business, the first thing I did was get a space a physical space, an office. Um, and that's backwards from the way other people typically do it. But I found the perfect space that was um, the greatest location. It was accessible for families. And I said, this is this is it. And I kind of went from there and had the energy it want, I wanted it to have. Um, then I read a ton of books, <laughs> as I would do, listened to podcasts, um, and networked my butt off, mm -hmm. talked to other people who were doing it. Mm -hmm. OK, so podcasts, any that you recommend? Um, so I listened to The Practice of the Practice. Um, which is about, you know, therapists who have a private practice. Um, and then there's another podcast called Selling the Couch. So it's just that. And so those were helpful too. Okay. I'm sure that would be really, you know, for anyone who is in, you know, consider themselves in the healing profession mm -hmm. and has their own private practice. Yes. Those sound like very good resources. Very helpful. Yeah. Any very books helpful. that you read that you feel? Um, oh, yes. Well? I read, oh gosh, and I don't know. This is like, it's like the Bible of opening your own private practice. And I found it so helpful. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the name. Um, and I think it's called like building your private practice. Um, mm -hmm. But it's been around, there's a bunch of them. But this one's been around for like 30 years. Mm. And it's written by this um, social worker. And, um, you know, it's really tried and true methods. And I found it very helpful. Mm -hmm. It's the book I recommend to everyone. And okay, I'm we'll, sorry, I can't remember we'll the name. We'll put it up on the website okay. <laughs> under the resources yes, of the excellent. show notes, okay? Yes. And you'll have time to remember it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I know as an entrepreneur myself that, and from talking to scores of people, that there are ups and downs in the road. Like, what do you do to keep yourself motivated and even keeled? Well, that's a good question because the work that I do can often get pretty intense. 
Um, so I would say I don't have a problem with motivation. The motivation is there. But keeping myself even keeled, um, keeping myself balanced and not completely overwhelmed with the work when it is so intense and there's so much of it to do, um, I think has a lot to do with my self-care regimen, um, which is also something that I talk a lot about with my clients, self-compassion and self-care. Um, so I certainly have to practice what I preach. So making time to um, you know, get off the smartphone put that away, which I'm not always the best at. Is that for like a half an hour? Or is it a half a day? Or what do you recommend? <laughs> a weekend? It's a work in progress. <laughs> so I would feel inauthentic making any recommendation <laughs> that I wasn't practicing myself. Um, but spending time with my family mm -hmm. is very, very important to me. Um, doing yoga and other self-care and, and fitness activities. Mm -hmm. And actually, yoga is something that's become a very big part of my life personally and professionally. And I've recently created Yoma, which is a postpartum-specific yoga workshop that we've been doing in the community. And that's been really exciting because there's nothing like it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was interesting because when you're pregnant, there's actually quite a bit prenatal yoga. Prenatal yoga is a thing. I did prenatal yoga. But after I had Max, my son, um, I went to get back in and I wasn't sure if I could handle it. I wasn't sure if my mind could handle it. And frankly, I didn't want to be with other yogis who didn't just have a baby. I was, was I going to split open? I was terrified. And so I was looking for classes that spoke specifically to my concerns and there wasn't anything. So I've been doing that recently and that's been very exciting. That's great. I know yeah. when I was uh, a new mom, I asked a yogi friend of mine who yeah. had recently a yep. child if she would come to my house, and we had an empty room at that time. And I invited, I think, three other moms and their babes. Great. And we so just you were did doing it. it. Oh, we just you did it for it. we did it for a few months. Yeah. But it was it was nice to have that time that we felt like we could. It was hard too because the children were right there with us, mm -hmm. and you know they all want to be nursing. Yes, downward dog, and they're like, yes. "Oh, mom!" <laughs> right. So interestingly, this is not your mom and baby yoga. It's just for so the moms. It's just for moms. Yes, because that's where Which the self care is, comes in. Yes, mm -hmm. and and you were your own person before baby, mm -hmm. and so it's really important to make sure that you're your own person even after baby. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've done the mom and baby yoga, and it was very very sweet. But um, not the same result. Not the same. <laughs> not the same. So we say leave baby at home, mm -hmm. get the coverage you need, which is not easy, um, and you come in and do you. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So how often are your classes? So we're basically running um, monthly workshops at this point. So, um, you know, the women get together and the first part of class we spend talking about how their bodies have changed since baby, what it's been like for them, what the emotional struggles have been. Then we do a little practice and then at the end we do a really long, luxurious um, meditation. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just what everybody needs. Yep. Yep. But we certainly hope to get more classes up and running soon. Uh-huh. That's really nice. Yeah. So that happens in Concord, Massachusetts? That's actually at Acton at Acton. Revolution Community Yoga. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So maybe at some point you'll bring that online as well yes, for people That's the plan. The country. That's yeah. the plan is developing, developing a website for Yoma. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So if I were going to ask you what's next, would that be one of them? Absolutely. Yes. 
developing a platform for Yoma so people understand what it is and getting it into more yoga studios for sure. And we're actually going to be at Lexington Power Yoga uh, next month. Mm -hmm. Great. So you're yep. trying to spread out through this neck of the woods and, yes. and then you'll take on the world. Absolutely. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I really like to understand is like what how do we deal with those I mean we talked about the bumps in the roads were there any particular things that obstacles that came in your way that you thought oh my gosh this is really tough but I'll get through it you know like what are I mean I would say that um, there are there are times where you get lots of calls from people mm -hmm. and it just feels like, oh my gosh, there's so much work, how am I gonna see everyone? And um, you know, and then there are times where you know, your phone isn't ringing as often as you think, okay, what's going on right now? And that's nerve wracking, mm -hmm. right? So- um, Both of them, each of them in their own way. They really are, yeah. they really are. But you know, certainly what I've seen is that everything balances out really nicely. It's mm -hmm. just kind of hanging through those, um, that ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. So what what's kind of mindset kind of gets you, it helps you to deal with that? <sighs> you know, basically, you know, it is what it is. Um, thinking about riding the wave, imagining riding the wave, and going back to those resources and those people I mentioned before that have done this before and have gone through it and know that this is how it goes. Mm -hmm. And this is what it's like owning a business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like the having a, a certain kind of expectation allows you to build your capacity to be patient and accept how things are yes. irregular for yes. a while. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and not only just for a while, um, they're just a regular period. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, you know, from women I've spoken to who have had a practice for 20 plus years say that this is kind of how it is. There's ups and there's downs, mm. um, but it's about riding the wave. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, when your numbers are down, really enjoying that time and mm. saying, oh, okay, you know, I don't have that extra client today and, you know, I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to um, spend more time with my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that the, you can see that there are benefits. Yes. On both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps that if one went on for too long, then you would say, oh, something needs to change. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And you know, reach out to those people in my corner who have really um, been such a help setting up my practice, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's neat. Yeah. So one of the things I love to do is I have a magic box, and okay. inside I've got cards that have just a one-word attribute. Okay. And I'd love for you to put your hand in, pull something out, okay. and just riff a little bit on what it means to you, or you think it might mean to your clients, or your business, or on any level. Oh, I got a good one. What is it? I'm sure they're all good, <laughs> but I got compassion. Oh. And this is a word that's already come up a few times. Yeah. So, I mean, this word is so important, um, personally and professionally. Um, if I don't have compassion for myself, I'm not gonna be able to run my business. And actually, maybe it speaks to what we were just talking about. Um, so what kind of gets me through um, when things are up and down is kind of not beating myself up and staying positive. Um, certainly having self-compassion is a huge piece of the perinatal work mm. because there is so much shame and stigma um, for uh, women, new moms, uh, shoulds, um, should do's, um, having compassion. Um, learning to accept oneself, have confidence in the decisions that you make um, is 
super important. Mm. So if you were going to like advise me mm -hmm. on being more compassionate, what would you, what might you say to me? Hmm. Well, I'd have to know what you were struggling with. Oh, let's say that I always take on too many things. Hmm. Do you do that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me <laughs> with your own TV show, but yeah. Um, so you take on too many things. Okay, what do you think is driving you to do that? Could be ambition. Mm -hmm. It could be having lots of things that interest me. Mm -hmm. It could be trying to prove myself. Oh. Mm -hmm. Do you like that one? I do. <laughs> As a therapist, I really like that one. And does that stress you out sometimes? Perhaps it does. Definitely taking on too many things is, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, definitely stresses me out sometimes, yeah. I like to say yes to things. Mm -hmm. I like to stretch my boundaries. What does it feel like for you if you don't say yes? Disappointment, like I've, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Yeah. And disappointment, disappointment in yourself? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So what is a way that you could maybe um, exercise some self-compassion in that example you just gave me? Well, one way that I tend to, I hope that this is okay with everyone watching here and listening. <laughs> I mean, what my, I bring it up because I'm hoping it will be helpful to people, but mm -hmm. I think of forgiving myself and maybe just sitting with the question, is that really necessary and what may be behind that? Mm -hmm. And is that what you would recommend? So as a therapist, I don't really make direct recommendations mm -hmm. um, as much as I can hold back from that. Mm -hmm. But what I really like to do is is explore it with you mm -hmm. so that you can answer your own questions. Oh, that's and great. And I think you did a really great job. Well, thank you. Yeah. So how can people find you? So people can find me on my website at conqueredtherapy.com. Great. Or on Facebook. Okay. So we will put that into the show notes. Great. And Dr. Lauren Brown, I really, really loved having you on today. Thank I think that so this much. is such important work that you're doing. And I can see that you're a thought leader in your field and that this is going to change a lot of people's lives. Thank you so much, Linda. That means a lot. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on Women Inspired today. And I look forward to you tuning in to the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.